0: The thing is not how you are on your best days, how can you step up on your worst day? When everything is going terrible, when you are tired, when you are frustrated, when you are edgy, how do you treat other people? Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak, I'm still in love with life.
1: headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking state of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. On this episode,
2: Iz has her very first meeting with Vito Corleone, approaching situations with how can I make it better in your mind, along with a quick demonstration of me making things worse, but it was pretty fun. Darkness creepily swirls around Beleli anniversaries, a tub of Nutella, and the main question of the episode,
1: are you free? Here we go! And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers, and my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle Finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli, as we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For The Drunken Dows podcast begins now.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast, episode 226. A lovely Ohio day once again. Danielle across from me, and it's a Rich Beleli episode, and a light conversation coming your way. So, nothing too heavy. We're trying, we're trying. Multiple deaths. Oh, yeah, there's that too. But no, but we. Dead popes.
0: Other than that, we keep it light. It's it's,
1: it's light deaths.
0: Mostly, yes. Except for the dead folks. We want to say thank you to grasslandbeef.com. Rich today is going to go home with two giant London broil to cook at home. One will
2: not even make it through the day.
0: Right, so that's going to feel good. If you guys want to check out what they have to offer at grasslandbeef.com, please do so. If you are on a budget, once or twice a month, I forgot how often they put out a code that you can get a 15% discount store-wide. So totally worth it check out all the goodies that are really high quality and I like a lot at grasslandbeef.com thank you of course to shore design for supporting us from the very very early days
2: you've got the you've got the you got the servant Nietzsche on
0: oh yeah I have one of ours I
2: think I'm I'm gonna get a, a an American traditionalist tattoo artist to take his take on it and that if I love fun. it I think I've got to have it that would be fun. Because the guns are coming together, you know.
0: Let's so. do that. <laughs> get in those push ups in. Yes. Um,
2: 37 is where I'm stuck at right now. Very nice. Yeah.
0: Very nice. That's a good number.
2: And then I get mad when I miss a day.
0: Hey, it happens. And
2: sometimes if I do miss a day, if it's not yet 2 a.m., right. I will put those you in and go. give it to that day, but still do them the next day. The next day, of course. So something is brewing.
0: Until you go to sleep, the day is not over. I feel yes. that way. That's the way it works. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Occult Herbs and Tonics. They make great uh, blends of herbs uh, for whether steak, salad, you name it. Uh, If you guys shop on Amazon, it would be sweet if you can use our Amazon link. That would be deeply appreciated. And uh, let's say thank you to the sweet folks donating to the show.
2: Excellent. Let the pottering begin.
0: Here we go, we got Joseph Lord, who I think actually donated twice in this time span, which is fantastic. Nicola Togni, uh, Eden Carrio, Samuele Rudelli and Jim D'Amico. Nice short list this time, but we thank very much the people jumping in for this. And if you wanna join this brave band of heroes, it's PayPal.me forward slash dbolelli. Or uh, you can just use the PayPal link
2: on our uh,
0: in our episode notes.
2: Thanks to Daisy House for the incredible, iconic Drunken Dallas theme song. You can find all kinds of music from them on Bandcamp slash Daisy House. Yes, indeed.
0: And uh, anything else we need to mention? I think it's time to get started. Oh, one thing I'm going to throw out there. Sorry. I don't quick. think it's time to get started. Yes. <laughs> there's a possibility that if they get enough sign-ups, there's a um, company called uh, geeknationtours.com. If they get enough signups for this Japanese trip, I get to go with them, explore Japan, especially the early Samurai era up until kind of Genpei War through the Mongol period. So you never know. You know, if you just won the lottery or robbed the bank, you want (laughs) to join me out there. That would be sweet. Those things, as always, none of those things are cheap because they throw in a million activities, a lot of things that you get to do. So it's a fantastic experience. It's definitely not a cheap one but uh, if you do have the money feel like hopping on board that would be fun I I would love to be able to go I think it's in uh, schedule for April
2: 2023 so let's see if it makes I'd be happy. How does that work? Do you, do you dine at incredible places along the way as well, or are you kind of on your own for that? No, they
0: feed you pretty much all me. I forget maybe not breakfast. There's one that they don't, but like most of the things, yeah, they feed you as part of it. And uh, that seems like a big part of the trip. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, and you know, it's as always. It's like if you know the count, cam- if you know a country perfectly on your own, well, you don't need a tour. But if you don't, you get to see a bunch of stuff. They would take you forever to figure out how to put them all together, already set up, easy, fun. And you get yours truly flexing privately for you where I'll just share the glories of my biceps. I think you uh, just sold all of them. Right. (laughs) Up until now, it's like Japan, eh, samurai, eh, good food. eh. Oh, Daniela's biceps. Now we're talking. Now we've got
2: it figured out. Yes. Well, we gotta build this temple in Ohi, right? That's the next step. Yeah, Church of the Poison Mind. Ooh, the birdies are out. Yeah, no real different disruptions. It was meant to be today.
0: So I received a text from a friend with a question that struck me as uh, extra deep. It was, are you free? So I started working on a thoughtful answer because it seemed like a deep enough question that it deserves. So, And on one hand, I don't buy the notion that there is no such thing as free will. I find it intellectually lazy and weird for a bunch of reasons. But you know, it makes you wonder if you anyone can truly say they are free in a universe that often feels void of care and compassion, a universe ruled by impermanence, a universe in which our choices are limited by accidents of luck, psychological states outside of our control, the physiological states outside of our control, the existential awareness of our mortality, transitory nature of life. So is anyone truly free? in a context in which the circumstances of nature feel so harsh and arbitrary.
2: Yeah, but we're part of those circumstances of nature. Our existence is the way it is because of where we're at. And also
0: I realized that my friend was asking me if I was free for a (laughs) call. So, my bad, that's, uh, so, okay. I may have gone down the wrong path with that one. But, uh, you know, don't get me started, because uh, my mind can go to strange places rather quickly.
2: Well, what did you decide? Because a lot of folks s- tell us how our brains react before we can even have a notion. Like, if you hear a sound right. and you turn, yeah, that's course. automatic. Yeah. you got no control. And they'll tell you that decisions you make in the day have already been decided before you even make them.
0: Uh, I mean, th- some, things aren- some things are, some things aren't. And I think you can train yourself, because there's a bunch of stuff that... Um, I think most people react to everything. Yeah, It's no conscious thought. It's react, react, react. You're like Pavlov's dog kind of thing. But I think there is a room for uh, choice. There is a room to stop and go, that's my inclination. Is that a good inclination or not? Let me think about it. Yeah, it is. Let's go for it. Or yeah. no, that's actually kind of bullshit. There's a better way to approach it and here is how. Um, I had a discussion with Ease recently because we're talking about how to interact with, uh, like for her how she interacts with kids. For And oddly enough, I got some good advice from uh, watching a video with our, our buddy Justin Ren who had uh, No, that's not the odd part, but the person <laughs> he was talking with is the odd part because he was talking with Mike Tyson. Oh. And Mike Tyson said something actually really interesting about it because he said in any situation rather than just judging the situation, approach it with, how can I make it better? How can I step into the, and this was interesting to me, because Foriz, who's a smart kid who sometimes gets, you know, she gets along with kids great in the sense that she's, uh, they like her, she's popular, all of that, but she feels sometimes alienated. And so I was thinking, okay, the fact that if we have established that you're smart, But if the result of you being smart, if feeling alienated and sitting around looking at kids going, man, I wish I could have a deeper conversation, that's not a very good way. Vice versa, if you can think, how can I use whatever it is that I have to make this situation better? How can I help whatever kid is in front of me in a way to feel better about it all, to handle things better? You're not going to be successful all the time, of course, but... It changes the situation in a more pleasant one and one that rather than complaining about life, you're thinking actively how to make it better. Yeah, I think it's an empowering thought. It's a thought that makes you feel less shitty about just the way things are and put the ball back in your court in terms of, okay, what can I do about it? How can I, which back to the whole, do you have a choice or not? Sometimes the instinctive reaction is to judge something or to react in a, oh, look at this sucks, this anger me, this whatever. And instead to go in, how can I improve on it? It's not an automatic reaction. This forces you to think, forces you to make choices, forces you to look at the options in front of you and pick which one seem to be the best one.
2: And if you have choices, you obviously have some monicum of freedom
0: precisely so i think that's where it's at but i do think there is a process there that's necessary to go from automatic response you know you touch a nerve i react a certain way to is this how i want to react is this who i want to be does this sound like if i say this does the person on the other end how are they going to receive it is this conducive to where i want to take this conversation or not and um, and now once in a while you
2: choose to be bad, you know what I mean? You of know, course.
0: It's kind of like, do I reply to this person on Facebook or not? And you're like, yeah, let them have it. And, Ooh, and, I prefer
2: like right in front interactions. Now, totally. There was a motherfucker. I was at the Seven Eleven grabbing yeah. some stuff, and this dude was recharging his Visa card, mm-hmm. and he gave the guy a hundred five dollars and said, "I want hundred and two on there." And he looks at the little screen. And apparently the guy put it 105, and the change hadn't come up. And he looked at the, the the guy at the till and was like,
1: can't you count? Jesus. And it just fucking
2: set me off. Oh, yeah. And he said, oh, look, it's coming up right now. That's just the amount I put in. So I told that motherfucker, can you count? And he wanted to get all into it. And I was like, "Of course." you don't get to talk to him that way. Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. Who do you think you are talking to me this way? You started it man with your big flappy mouth. Yeah. Who do you think you are? And just walk the fuck off? Yeah. But it just infuriates me. I I'm with you. Fuck these people.
0: Yeah, I think and that's a perfect example like when you are like the guy at 711, right? He's yeah. like when you treat somebody that clearly you cannot get any benefit out of. You're no. not so you're really just the way you treat this person is uh, you unfiltered because there's no filter of oh, I want to get something out of them I want to look good in front of their eyes no you don't you're just doing it because that's you and that's the you that comes out Yeah, I mean to me I see that the door is already closed on that person. Yep. It's like there's nothing left to say.
2: Deep but I don't down, mind reporting are, to him his condition. Oh
0: no, no! It's uh, I'm a big fan sometimes of putting a mirror in pro- front of peaceful faces and kind of rubbing their face in it. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, because the point is when you make that kind of choice, you just chose to spread shit around you and to make somebody else's day more miserable than it needed to be.
2: That's already clearly a miserable day. Can you imagine a 7-Eleven yeah. in the middle of, of L.A.? Totally,
0: and so you try to add some more shit to it rather than just realizing the I can't poor... not take it. <laughs> never mind that he was wrong, but even if he wasn't, even if he's the other guy who did something wrong, it's yep. like hey, man, I think what, da, da 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 you know, maybe you will miss this because I think I just gave you this much. Yeah. You can be totally nice about it and then be very polite. very. So, yeah, when you choose, that's where it's a tricky one because on one hand there is this, how can I make the situation better, right? Yeah. So I have this very Buddha, I want to be nice to everybody. I the thing, though, that throws me off is when I see somebody who makes the opposite choice. Is how can I be as shitty as possible here and go down that path? Yep. And in an ideal world, you have the patience of a saint and you find ways to
2: turn this
0: asshole I only person. Wish. <laughs> but sometimes you just want to go Aria Stark with the kill list and just go like, yeah, man, screw this. It's, uh, it's, uh... I
2: hope it ruined his whole day. I hope he thought about it all day. Perhaps he woke that night. From a dream. But No, he didn't. That guy said that way for all time. He's not yeah. going to change. No, of course. But
1: it's good to call these motherfuckers
2: out on occasion. Yeah. So I'm fixing nothing. I'm actually stirring the pot and making it worse.
0: I mean, but again, that's what I meant when uh, it's sometimes it feels good to be bad. It's like once in a while you give yourself a pass and you're like, you know what? I'm going to cool. I'm not going to be patient today. I'm going to call this asshole on the horrible stuff that he's spreading. Yeah. Other times you're like, okay, how can I try to Tai Chi like, readjust them and redirect their energy? <laughs> in a way that's good for everybody but you know doesn't always work that way and uh, and as you said you know life is hard enough there's uh, oh speaking of which man check this out I had a three day run in maybe a week ago where I got an email that a colleague of mine at SMC died in his sleep heart attack um, while he has a like 40 year old daughter or Oof. something how old was so, that person? Uh, he is probably late 40s Something like that. Oh, so. man. Um, so, yeah, start with that. A few days ago, a guy I corresponded on and on, not super on, but, you know, he sent me a considerable number of messages. Uh, we went back and forth a little over 10 years. He sent me a message a couple of weeks ago that was sweet but weird. He was very... Oh, if you ever go through a hard time and you need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you. And I was like, that's really nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're not that close, so it seemed to kind kind of come out of nowhere. But I'm like, cool, that's sweet. Nothing wrong with that.
2: This is autofill closing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I find out that he killed himself uh, a week later or two or something like that.
2: So clearly he was
0: talking about himself. He was talking about what he wanted somebody uh, he want, He needed somebody for himself. But there's but, no way
2: you would know that.
0: And even if I did, I'm not undoing by, as much as I think highly of myself, I doubt that uh, interacting with uh, the wonderful yours truly is going to change a childhood of uh, trauma and abuse and stuff and suddenly rewire your whole life. It's like, I mean... <laughs> Realistically, I don't think anything would have been different, even if I had understood and known what it was. So, yeah, that was, that sucks. Then uh, I opened Facebook to see a post of an acquaintance who, uh, his lungs are failing from a terminal illness, starting morphine, will be gone within a day of two. He's oh. in his 20s. And uh, by oh. the way, it was a week ago, so that's already happened. Cystic fibrosis? I think. Yeah. And, um, and to wrap things up, of this, because now we're three in three days, but we went above and beyond, we went for four in three days, Savannah calls me that she parked in this place where she was house-sitting in L.A. Told. Uh-uh. She looks into the next car uh, that's parked uh, in the next spot, and there's clearly a guy with dead in the car. <sighs> Probably heart attack, looked like a slightly older guy who's in this contorted position, not moving. She slammed the door, make noises to try to see the guy. He's just not moving, doesn't look like he's breathing. And uh, so that was four in three days. And again, nobody super close, but enough that I was like... It swirls around sometimes. Can we stop for a minute here? Can we just give it a break because it's enough
2: Nurse Ratchet from Cuckoo's Nest died today so there's another one you can add
0: (laughs) (laughs) right and you know you get it if it's like somebody told me oh my father died which sucks right he's like oh that's sad and then I'm like he was 86 years old was in perfect health until last month and died in his sleep I'm like that's Mm, a merciful way to go that's That's not too bad no that's as good as it gets it still (laughs) sucks because you're still gonna miss your dad regardless but that's as good as it gets Yeah, but yeah, man, and um, but yeah, yeah, this last week or two have been a lot of. There's that ton of death. I had a ton of things not working out. I lost a bunch of sponsors for on Fire" because of like some technical bullshit I had to deal with. I had and then I remember like I woke up and there were like three things like that in a row in the first twenty minutes of my day. And I'm taking the dog out with this very like what's next and the dog decides to shit himself in such a way that it's all stuck in his fore and i'm gonna have to spend the next 10 minutes that'd be a fun cleanup and i was like come on the universe sometimes has a up sense of humor i tell you that much
2: boy it definitely comes in streaks that's for sure
0: yeah
2: but at the same time, you come outside here and sort of just reflect on how much worse it could definitely be.
0: No, I mean, in fact, the funny thing is that I haven't even been in a bad mood. No. Like this has been a lot of shit, but I haven't been like overall. I'm like, no, life is still good. But Jesus Christ, can we take a little break from this now? And uh, my consolation has been I received the... Uh, As a gift, somebody who either loves me a lot or is trying to kill me. (laughs) Chocolate gave me as a gift a tub of Nutella, Uh a three kilo tub. What that would be 6.6 pounds. Yeah, and oh, good God. The dark mistress has got me under its spell. They may just find
2: you in the morning with a spoon in one hand and an empty, scraped-out bottle. And pretty much, (laughs) Um, uh, maybe I'll use it as an episode cover. There's
0: a picture with me holding Azog and my tab of Nutella sitting on the floor. I have everything I need. Yes, it was, um, but yeah, a three kilo thing of Nutella, which of course I'm eating at record speed, which is not the greatest thing ever, but Uh, life's short. Hey. Uh, on the eating front, I um I filmed some I'm gonna start doing it regularly. I filmed the first of the Daniele in Cucina series. The I made it this was not even cooking, this is Sangria, but close enough. And uh so I wanna start making videos of uh,
2: Random things we cook around the house. Big chunks of fruit in that, if I remember. Yeah, sangria for sure. Mm, I came across perhaps the best mango I ever had. Oh, mangoes are fantastic! So good that I decided no one else deserved any. I thought I would maybe wrap it up and save some for later, but and it was a biggie too. Nice goodbye, that mango. Good, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's is allergic to mango, oh,
0: breaks that's my heart. A weird it's allergy. such a
2: good thing to eat. Is there a whole cluster of things that goes with that? Like some people are allergic to nightshades? And is she
0: that? was, uh, I remember she was mildly allergic. She was more allergic to avocado before and then it became a very mild allergy. Now she can have it. So that she got over. Mango we need to try. Start slowly re-upping it because I remember many times as a kid she would have her mango. She loves it. Takes 30 steps. Throw up all over the place. And, Perhaps uh, it was the
2: pesticides on it.
0: Yeah, could be. <laughs> But uh I know
2: a fella that's allergic to melons. I've had to jump off a bridge, man. It that hurts. If I develop a watermelon yeah, <laughs> allergy that, that would be sad.
0: <laughs> that would be indeed sad. If uh
2: It was our anniversary on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Twenty seven years. Our we are we our marriage is older than we were when we were married at Damn. this point. Which is a crazy thing. By a few years at this point. When was that? Sunday, the eighteenth.
0: Oh, that's funny. Right around that time is, um, I don't keep track really exactly. I'm terrible with the calendar, but I think uh, we are officially at 10 years with Savannah. Wow. So it's uh, less than half of where you're at, but still, that's still meaningful. That's
2: momentous for sure. Yeah. I received a gift. There's something at Whole Foods that just seems a little too clunky to steal, and that is a $30 jar of imported Italian maraschino cherries with the maraschino liqueur in it.
0: Nice.
2: And I've always like, mmm.
0: That's the good stuff.
2: So for my anniversary, shows up the $30 jar of maraschino cherries. I was like, all right, let's open it up because there's a good chance I'd be like, who the hell? Why? Yeah. Nope. Worth every penny. Not good, huh? Yeah. They're liquored up quite nicely. They're um, the best cherries you could ever select. So it's definitely... A splurge that was worth it and we just poured that into our champagne a little bit because we had cheap champagne so a little cool. maraschino juice and a cherry we got nice and drunk and uh, which is a rarity around our house but we just sort of hung out at home and I sat love that. in disbelief that we had so easily made it this far because according to our kids most of their parents are all split up
0: yeah yeah I recently I was talking to somebody um Paul Bergman. Paul is a former NFL player. He retired in the 80s. And a really sweet guy. He And the way he was talking about his wife. And clearly, I don't know how old Paul is. But I'm guessing... I don't know, late 60s, probably. Yeah, gotta be. He played in the 80s. Yeah, totally. So it must be 60s. And uh, the way he was talking about his wife is exactly what you're referring to. There was just so much love and adoration and passion. And they've been married some, like, I don't know, 40 years or something. No. I was like, wow, this is so refreshing. Because exactly as you said, you don't see it that often. You know, in many cases, you people who are in a relationship kind of, like, out of duty out of inertia out of like i guess i'm stuck here might as well
2: yeah i've never thought that
0: and uh and instead to see where there's still a lot of love and care and that's so beautiful i just makes me happy to see it and in your case makes me happy to hear it right now
2: yeah Cause we have a good time and not to be mistaken they're there's been that bad days for sure. Everybody's got those, and it's gonna happen. I mean, everybody's but, got those. That's a given. You know, we just sort of lucked into it. It was sort of a thing that just happened and it just goes and goes and beautiful. Yeah,
1: I love it. I like just it like a lot. that, watch yeah. the clock fly past. I like it.
2: Now I did figure we would be, you know visiting europe for the anniversaries and things like that so
0: well you need to get your uh you need to square things up uh, and get your
2: passport back <laughs> <laughs> well not just that just the whole uh we've had a fantastic marriage but it's you know and i'm sure this is the majority of folks it's money yeah kind of gets in the way at every turn yeah and it's just a strange thing especially when i read i was, there's a, a great podcast that's doing a, a deep dive into American healthcare, uh-huh. oh, yeah, and the amount of nice. profit that comes out the back end of this shit after people have been referred, serviced, and yeah. overcharged, and it's the it's far- insane. It is hundreds of billions of dollars of profits that go into the pockets of the shareholders who are already the of top ten percent.
0: No, it's ridiculous. I know, and uh,
2: why we stand up for it. So.
0: That one is absolutely horrible. It is. um, Just so so rich guys can get richer.
2: It's boggling.
0: Did you ever read the book, uh, Abby Hoffman book, Steal This Book? Steal This Book, yeah. I love the book. It gave me, I mean, not that most of the stuff in there doesn't work anymore. Yes. But um, there are, I really like the mental exercise of thinking about how to get most of the things you need in life to have a good life uh, with as little money as humanly possible involved. And there are ways that are both legal and illegal. And um, I like the mental, especially because growing up, I had no money. So I was like, I don't really have much of a choice. So I have to think out of the box to try to get some of this stuff done. I really like that game. It's I felt empowering, because otherwise the feeling that you're describing is an extremely disempowering one when yeah. you feel like you're just fucked by the economics of it all. So the fact that you figuring out ways to get things that technically you shouldn't be able to afford based on where you're at feels fucking good. I mean, even without going the illegal route, even keep it simple, right? For the longest time, I love... Uh, um uh, like I, there were a bunch of books that I wanted to have and I couldn't have, because um, there were too many that I like and they cost too much money. And so I figured out at one point a way to write for next to no money for an Italian martial art magazine, and as a result, I was getting tons of DVDs and books for free to review. And I was like, this works for everybody. These guys get their their ad and publicity. Uh, the magazine gets stuff, pages written for pretty much free, and I'm getting a ton of freebies that I would badly want to have and I could never afford. It's a win-win-win. So I was like, okay, that, that works. So I like figuring out those little hacks that allow you to tap into something that, again, technically you shouldn't be able to afford, but then you're like, ha-ha, this worked out really well. god
2: it doesn't seem like it would be impossible to make the whole thing operate that way. Yeah. That where mean, everything's makes. a win for somebody and it's not just ten people with a sack full of platinum. Yep. But that's just sort of the madness of the time. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be very difficult to the unhook, but I don't know. Someday the people will wake up and stop fighting with each other over nonsense I was, and point uh... in the right direction.
0: I was looking for there was a topic that I wanted to touch on. We mentioned it before the podcast started. Uh, my me and are sitting down to watch the Godfather. For me, the zillion time and for is the first time. And somehow I found the connection with what we're saying right now. So one of the things that struck me in watching the Godfather again was, well, it's rather obvious. It's like one of the main themes of the Godfather is the difference in leadership style. Between Vito Corleone and Michael Corleone,
2: yeah, right, and Sonny's brashness as well.
0: Yeah, Sonny doesn't even hit. He's, uh, he's never going to make it because but... he doesn't quite yep. make it, right? And so, from a certain point of view, Michael is much more successful than Vito ever was because he grows the business to a level that was previously unimagined, Right? Nobody could get there, and yet, you know, for all his material success. Michael ends up as a lonely, cold-hearted, loveless bastard, rich in cash and miserably poor in friendship and affection. Vita, on the other hand, had a good life. He made his money, but he's beloved by all. Maybe not the guy who uh, was horse and was shot him. him. He didn't like him but, very much. You know, but overall, <laughs> by most uh, let's put it that way. And he died with his tomatoes. Yes, playing with his grandkid, and as uh, the whole family adores him, and and in some way, to me, these contrast is the perfect archetype for the different cultures that shape them right you know Vito's life is based on old world values it's all about taking care of your family family connections loyalty taking care of your tribe even though it murderous and illegal ways but some guys needed
2: murdering it's just that simple
0: and i think that's why people like the godfather because he's not just a gangster story of some asshole who does he, you, he strikes as a good guy he would just happen to do
2: some even from the very beginning when he's talking you come to me yeah on it's the day like daughter's wedding it's like
0: yeah come on, you, you never he's he looks hurt he's like yeah. you don't know what my friendship is like <laughs> Whereas Michael is the product of a culture, which is exactly what we were talking about a minute ago, that values one thing and one thing only, when at all costs, making money. Yep, and human relationships usually being sacrificed along the way of this. So, to a large degree, to me, Michael is the emb- is the full embodiment of the worst, most extreme aspects of American culture. You know where. Materially successful beyond anyone's wildest dreams, and yet lonely and alienated. And And, still not satisfied. Yeah, because ultimately that's not what real success in life look like. So he's there sitting on a mountain of money, sad and lonely and miserable. And and granted, he had bad luck. You know, had his Sicilian wife uh, not got blown up at some point, his life would have (sighs) probably been a lot better. Poor Apollonia. Poor Apollonia. Mm. But, uh, you know, I know English, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> but I don't know, man, I, as I was watching it, I was like, it's right there. It's that's. Uh, it's not just an individual personality thing, it's a cultural thing.
2: Oh, and then all reinforced with part two.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where, no, in part one, Michael is still cool, kind of. Yeah. Uh, not super sympathetic, but he's doing what, everybody wants him to do, get the revenge on all of that.
2: But young Vito is clearly a
0: man of the people. Yeah. And Michael, not so much. He's calculating, he's brilliant, but not... And then in part two, you see where that leads, and you're like, oh, that's not cool at all.
2: Isn't that funny, though? It really shows, like, what we see in our culture, usually the people that made the money yeah. were hardworking. They took care of their people. It's their offspring yeah. that always had it that are the just... They don't have any empathy. I'm rich and fuck everybody.
0: Yeah, it's, it's sad, really, because it's a case of um, people not only victimizing everyone else, but also screwing up themselves in the process. Yeah. Today we're sponsored by Shortform. Shortform offers a service where you can get summaries and analysis of uh, many of the books you want to check out, but maybe you haven't had time to do so. The goal of this is twofold, on one hand it helps you remember key lessons from books you have read but it has been too long and you forgot half of it. And the other one is that it helps you discover new books that you may want to check out, but you're not sure about whether it's the time investment and energy investment beforehand. So this gives you a sneak peek on what you can expect. The quality of the summaries is uh, this is not your cousin Joe barely knows how to read uh, who's telling you what he read last week. There are professional authors, PhDs. These are some of the folks writing these summaries and analysis. Shortform publishes new book guides and articles every week, and the subscribers get to vote on what books are going to be covered next. form summaries are about nonfiction, because of course, fiction, you want to read it for the style, for the pleasure, for everything else associated with it. With nonfiction, sometimes it really boils down to ideas and concepts that have uh, actionable items there. For example, if you read a book about health, You may read it for fun, but you're also reading it because you want to learn some things that you can apply to your life. Same goes for self-improvement or finance or some of this genre. So while reading the full book, obviously there's no substitute for that. Having the summary and analysis can help you retain some of these ideas and uh, get a feel for if something that you do want to read the book cover to cover. Case in point, I just checked out a short-form summary of Guns, Germs and Steel, which is a fantastic book. I read it a couple of times, very revolutionary approach to history. But honestly, I read it the last time was probably 10 years ago. I don't remember 90% of it. So to have something where I can go back and quickly I can get all the key points... Uh, the author of the summary did a phenomenal job because they had uh, some of the counterpoints that have been since made by critics of the book and now Jared Diamond, the author addressed them. So you really get in a very short time a sense of what the book is about, what are the key ideas, what are the possible what's the debate surrounding the book. That's as good as it gets, gets you through a lot of dinner parties that way. So in light of that, to get a five days of unlimited access and an additional 20% discount on the annual subscription, join Shortform through our link, shortform.com forward slash drunken. Again, that's shortform.com forward slash drunken. You get a five-day free trial and a 20% annual discount. we were planning with his uh, prank on our friends because uh, at some point when the theme comes up of what uh, somebody's parents do he was going to say well you know my dad um, officially he teaches college part time and he podcasts and then she would giggle and he's like but yeah you know I've have you uh, clearly that's what allowed me to have this that and the other in life is uh how many people have you seen Afford that on um, part-time college <laughs> teaching and podcasting right and so the kids would look at her probably the where are you going with it and then that's where she would go like you know because he's from italy and you ever seen the godfather and then when they go like uh she would go like you know what I'm sorry. I I just say too much. I should stop right now. Okay. And then change topic.
2: He just fixes problems.
0: Yeah. That would be, uh, I look
2: forward, I look forward to the FBI knocking on the door. That would be my concern for sure. (laughs) Yes. We've had some calls, sir. (laughs) Yes. Excuse me. We're podcasting right now. (laughs) Exactly. We got got $8 to make (laughs) this afternoon. So please. Precisely.
0: (laughs) But I think that would be a funny one.
2: No, I, uh, I think about that I think think about Vito's wedding all the time because we are under 60 days till mm-hmm. young Emily gets married. Yep. And it's not going to be that party. There ain't going to be no live band. Can I
0: can I come to ask a favor on the, the day of you your can daughter's ask any wedding favor you want. Of
1: and course. you know if I can do it personally paint your deck whatever Perfect.
2: Yeah, I wonder if anybody will show up. Somebody certainly will is a joke.
0: It should be. It should yeah. be uh I used that, by the way, the whole Italian Godfather thing. I Remember, we once we had him on briefly. We had John Torres was on an episode. where you guys were singing? He yeah. Used to, yeah. Uh, I remember John had a horrible habit of not returning calls, which always pissed me off because I'm like, dude, if I called you, you call back, you know that. I liked him, but that was pissing me off. So one day I called him. I got the machine, and so I started leaving a message, and my message was like, You know, John, my boy, I've always liked you, but you don't show respect (laughs) when you do not call me back. So if you're not going to call me within 24 hours, I regret to inform you that I will have to shoot you in your fucking face. And I hung up. He called me like 20 minutes later nervous i was like he was probably like ha ha what a funny joke i think i hope i'm not sure so just in case let me call him back i pushed this too far this time because you never know
2: he had a big musical for a bit didn't he i guess he's off writing the next one
0: yeah no john was great i've known him forever but yeah i'm big on callback, message back that kind of thing
2: who do you who have you known the longest
0: in life, Yeah.
2: Not parents, not family, but, like, sure. friends. Uh, I, can, f- I can go back to about seventh grade that I still have contact.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right about there. Um, I have, uh, I think my oldest friends that I'm in contact with is from, uh, no, actually earlier. It's from third grade. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? The funny thing is that the guy in third grade was uh, a horrendous bully. Also my friend, so total mindfuck, where he was my friend one second and the bully the next. And on one hand, really helpful. He's a guy who, like, gave me tremendous positive feedback on my early writings when I was in junior high. On the other hand, he was terrorizing me and being a complete dick. I remember an interesting moment in our relationship came when I was 18, and he was being the fucking macho bully that he was. So, so. it changed none. Uh, he started changing but it took a while. He had his shirt off and he was this big dude with muscles everywhere and stuff and he was kind of like hit me let's see what you got and uh and you know i've just done a tiny bit of martial arts enough to know that you don't aim for the target you aim for a foot behind the target push through so i just went like palm a heel and uh, hit him not where he expected because he's probably expecting the abs and i think i hit him on the ribs and he was just like <gasps> and then i later found out i broke his ribs <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and rather than feeling bad as as a good friend, I probably was supposed to. I was like, "Yes, take that, you son of a bitch!" For been all that you put that me through. that for ten years. <laughs> but one thing that's funny with that guy. Another interesting one was uh, probably around that time, around eighteen. He uh, we went to the mountains with these two hot ladies, and um, I like the story that started a good way. And then we were climbing up a mountain that was behind the house and just hiking up and doing the whole thing. And, you know, I stopped with one of these ladies about halfway and had a blast. And we went back, and that was that. Hour or two later, lady number two comes back alone. And she was saying, Yeah, yeah, he kept going. He wanted to reach the top. And that was it, right? And just abandoned her. So I'm there with the two ladies, and I'm like, Life's not bad. I'm digging this. And, uh, and all of a sudden I heard in my brain something telling me something's not right. You should check up on him. And I was like, A, this is bullshit. Like what the hell is the voice in my brain telling me? B, check up where? It's it's a fucking mountain. He could have taken any number of paths to get up there. I don't know where he is, this is bullshit. Plus I'm here in the company of two pleasant ladies, screw that. So I put that out of my mind, and half hour later, again, strongly, I got this feeling that I'm like, fuck, this sucks. So I'm like, I'm sorry, ladies, so I have to step away. <laughs> and so I start walking toward the mountain, and it makes no fucking sense, because I have no idea where he is, and there are a zillion different ways to get toward the top. So I'm like, I don't know, I will guess I'll walk somewhere. I think I hear his voice calling from a very far away. Turns out he never did. And so I start calling. And then he heard me way, way up there. And then he started calling for real, you know, because then he heard my voice. And in that way, we figured out the path. Like I ended up catching him on the path, and he was fucked up. He was completely dehydrated, had pushed too hard, taken too much sun. And he was barely making it, right outside. So I kind of load him up, carrying him down the mountain, and do the whole thing. But that was a trippy case of telepathy that was bizarre. Where so
2: going back to the beginning, you were not free at all. You were commanded by right your, in that case by your conscience. Well,
0: that... I, I could have had the choice, probably a better choice. Let him wither away in the mountain. No, poor guy. I like him. These <laughs> days, he's actually a really nice person, and I whatever much, uh, took me the longest time to get over the other part of him that I hated, but eventually I managed. So, long story short, yeah, that's probably the person outside of family that I've known the longest.
2: It's just amazing, I, I, I chat with these children these days, and just about the way we grew up, where it was like, hit the door in the morning, did yeah. you gaggle of friends together, goof off in a myriad of wild ways with no supervision, Perhaps stop in somebody's house for a little lunch and then be back by dark.
0: I mean, that's the way technologically life has changed in the last 30, 40 years. It really, if you want to look at the long frame, if you look at the last 200 years, yeah. it's night and day. It's hardly recognizable. Yeah. Like you could plop somebody in the 1800s and go back 400 years and they would barely notice. You can of somebody in the 1800s and put them at the end of the 1800s and they would feel like in an alien culture.
2: They no. feel they got dropped on a different planet.
0: And the speed has only increased since then.
2: Oh, yeah. Five years can change things so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In those same conversations, it got to the wildness of Facebook. I'd say it's probably been about 10, 12 years because we, Gretchen and I literally had a conversation about it before we signed up because you're opening a lot of doors that had long been shut because back in those days, those people that you'd lost into history oh, yeah. were gone totally, and never to be seen again. Totally. And to open all that up is kind of a massive, it could be a part of the problems we're having right now. That
0: Man, last night I got a message that made me sad from a kid that, I, well, not a kid now, of course, but last time I saw him, he was a kid. We were in eighth grade together. And he sent me a message going like, "Can you lend me a thousand dollars? I'm about to get kicked out if I can't pay rent. I'll be on the streets." And I'm like, "If you are in a place where you have to ask people that you aren't even that friends with
2: in eighth grade, you've uh, already borrowed from so many people you can't even find I it think anymore." you're
0: so fucked. It's not even funny. Yeah, because it's that means you have nobody close to you no family no friends nobody that makes even remote sense if you are down to that place i was like shit that's bad that's really bad bad to the point that i don't even know how to engage because i'm like Realistically, what I'm thinking is there's nothing I can do that's going to change your circumstance. Like, I could give you, you money right change now. Change it for 28 days. Exactly. And that's all that's going to do. And I'm like, that's fucking sad. Yeah. Oh,
2: Especially just, in Italy. Italy, out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, in Italy, people, in U.S., people go homeless all the time in italy it's very very rare you know it's like there's always some distant ant that takes you in or somebody that's going to be family friends somebody that's going to be i'm not gonna let you go homeless you have a place in my thing until whatever you can get back on your feet kind is that of just it's cultural or is there culture. government
2: stuff in place that helps out as well some government, but primarily cultural.
0: It's like you're always gonna have somebody who's yeah. like, of course, you know, I'll uh, Uncle Vito, pretty much, right? He's like, Oh, yeah, I have to deal with my fucked up nephew, fine, uh, sleep over there in a the corner, kind of thing, you know. So, to get to that place in Italy, uh, I don't even want to know what path he took to get there because that's a hard thing, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen, period. I never heard of anybody I know ending up homeless in Italy. Wow. So it's, uh, it's a trippy one. But um, a different topic, I guess. So I started the apology. Let me renew it again. You know how I was talking mad shit at the beginning of the two new episodes of Reservation Dogs of season two? I stand by that. Those episodes are goddamn awful. Yep. But the rest of the season has been amazing. You know, episode three picks up in a way that I'm like, okay, okay, I'll give it a chance. And then from episode four forward has been just as good as season one. If not, some scenes are fantastic. And you're up to date. I'm up to date. There's uh, the whole scene, like, man, it gets me a bunch. Like, the, there's a whole scene where all the spirits come out and show
2: up. When how great spray. was that?
0: that? was beautiful. That was super moving.
2: That got us into a discussion about how much we believe in spiritualism. Because to yeah. me, when you just say, you know, ghosts, it's like, ah. Right. And she said, well, what about the spirits? Yeah. And I was like, uh. I'm, I mean. You don't know shit
0: about anything, right? Absolutely. If you ask me where do I put my money, yeah, I do think that there are such things as uh, that there's something that remains after you die floating around somewhere that interacts with people. I've seen way too much shit in my life to make me think, yeah, that kind of defies the laws of physics as I understand them, so...
2: Yeah, she came across that battle between, it was Houdini, and I can't remember who the other famous person was, but it was like that spiritualism of uh-huh. the early 1900s. And he was like debunking um, seances and things like that. And God, I wish I could remember who the other person was. But that one was like all in on it. And it was just a kind of a fascinating conversation, because at that point, like the big religions were dying off. Yeah, yeah, and of course. Only World War I brought it all roaring back.
0: Well, i give you an example. I was talking about it with Savannah maybe last night or the night before. Uh, we are remembering a time maybe six, seven, eight years ago uh, when um, we were about to fall asleep. We are in the house, dead quiet over there. And we are right outside our door, pitter-patter of feet. We are... Somebody... And we didn't think anything of it because we're like, oh, it's is of course. So I get up and I go and this is... Passed out in bed, just out completely like a light.
2: Was this the crow?
0: And uh, or the bird? No, there was no idea. Because, like, you know, we heard squirrels all the time running around on the roof or things like that. So we know what the noise is. We know what the noise of something outside <laughs> hitting the roof is or doing stuff. This was feet, very clearly about... 10 feet away from us wow. you know it was right there and so we both looked at each other like what in the actual fuck but then you're like okay that was cool now let's go to sleep because like i mean there's nothing anybody can tell me that make me think he was anything but you know windows were closed this was very clearly inside the house it was heavy enough that he wasn't uh Crater, never mind the fact that we never saw a critter in the house but even then way too heavy for that
1: and you're like okay
0: that's um interesting reminder that life is weird and
2: it definitely is there's always those weird coincidences where you have to be pushed in the right direction at the right second things yeah. like that it clearly saved your bacon
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah so
0: it's um
2: yeah it's it's funny that i, I thought that way so initially and quickly like ah ghost because i don't feel that way sure. about souls and things like mm-hmm. that i do think we clearly carry on yep. this is clearly a big lesson one of hopefully thousands to come and some miserable for sure this is far from miserable
1: yeah there's a lot i mean there's worse. hard
2: days and, and things like that but wow what a fantastic nifty little place we have to be here
0: most definitely
2: and uh Hopefully we can help make it better. Yeah, that's we, the goal. We right? don't seem to have any interest in that at times, but
0: <sighs> who hasn't made better? And this is not an economic one, but have you seen The Rings of Power? Mr. Jeff Bezos owes me one. I've been I've been through, trying. I've yeah. been trying. Yeah. I've been trying. Yeah.
2: It's just And we even dipped into episode three. Yeah. And it's just, I think no, I watched episode just four nothing there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've wanted to like this series so bad. You know, it's, <laughs> it's Lord it's of the Rings. It's, uh, yeah, cinematography is amazing. Sets
2: a great design. The, the money they spent on costumes and all the set pieces incredible. All that like the swords are beautiful. But
0: like, there's that scene. Maybe it's episode four. There's a scene where uh, orcs are chasing some of the main characters in the forest, yep. and the way shot is glorious it's so beautiful and nobody speaks which make the whole thing way better because the problem is um it looks like they ran out of their billion dollars it took to make it before they got to the screenwriting part which should have been first anyway yeah because there's no storytelling like characters are flat and dislikable yeah uh dialogue all they do is Yep, 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 Bicker yep. Bickering in an annoying kind of way. They sound like shitty teenagers bickering with each other. Everyone does this. They yep. do nothing but shit on each other the whole time. Uh, the story makes no sense. He somehow managed to be too fast and too slow at the same time. Yep. Like he rushes through things that they shouldn't and slow down painfully in part. It's
2: like. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I do. Is the tall guy sore on? who knows
1: See, the, how could you why would you not know that that seems like
2: screenwriting i mean
0: to me it's like storytelling is the corner of any tv series is the corner of anything really we are storytelling creature that's what we dig the most you yeah. if you can't tell a story you can put you know lipstick on a pig but it's still not even i like pigs but uh, it's just what the fuck are you doing, you know? It's like, if you want, you can add the cinematography, the beauty, the special effects, the visuals, that to a good story. If you don't have a good story, go home. There's not even a point
2: trying. And they're just piecing it together in particles because I don't think they have the rights to the similarian. So. Right, Silmar- yeah. If I pronounce that wrong. I Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, are you watching? Are you watching Game of Thrones?
0: I'm watching Game of Thrones. That one is Game of Thrones. You know, it's better. It's way better than. Uh, at least Rings it's of digestible
2: and, and wacky, yeah, and the dragons are cool.
0: Totally. <laughs> Characters are all fucked up and evil, and there's nobody to root for. But at the same time, it's you know it's well done in a, the story. It's an engaging storytelling. Yeah, regardless. Rings of Power, man, especially because so much of the criticism before it even came out was for all the wrong reasons. It was all people were like, oh, they have black elves, fuck them, because of like some weird low you imagine? Loki, Where does that come from? Low racism creeping in, or what? They have powerful women? Yeah. Hell no. So That's I really crazy. wanted to like this show. I just can't. And again, for those of you and I'm sure there's a bunch who actually enjoy the show. Sorry, I don't mean to shit on your thing. If you enjoy it, I have good for you. You know, I'm a fan of whatever works for people. Yeah. For
2: me, doesn't work. No, it's a definite um, disappointment.
0: But yeah, that one kind of didn't do it for me.
2: I've been watching For All Mankind, which is a nice rewrite of history. Mm. And it starts with the Russians beating us to the moon. Mm. And kind of more fun because it resets our political atmosphere as well like um ted kennedy ends up beating gerald ford oh that's funny so but then chap comes along so his presidency is ruined right so reagan becomes president four years early and all these sort of little dominoes fall apart so things are cleaving away from what it was but the what ifs of it all it's pretty cool i mean they decide if the russians got the first one let's get the first woman on the moon so Mm -hmm. they Lady Astronauts, first season, second season, now we have a moon base, supposedly season three will be Mars, and it's just, it's pretty fun, but, you know, they're playing, they're playing to my, uh, preferences. Of course.
0: Yeah, I don't get to, I don't really see a whole lot, to be honest, like, I've seen those three in the last quite a while, I haven't really watched many TV series, you know what I watch, okay, I lied, there are probably four TV series I've watched in the last two or three years, I watch Rings of Power, which I regret. (laughs) The new Game of Thrones, cool enough not to write home about, but I like it. Um, Reacher. Reacher was funny. Oh, it's yeah. based on these Lee Child novels. And, well, that, um, that was a,
2: Didn't Tom Cruise do that in a movie? But yeah, this which is like is, a giant dude that yeah, he should Richard have Yeah, Reacher was
0: supposed to be this humongous guy, so yeah, when they cast Tom Cruise in the movie, it was hilarious. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that one was really well rated. It's funny. I it's, uh, enjoyed it. And then, uh, above all, the Reservation Dogs, for sure. I just, so nice to get to know Willie Jack. Yeah, she's of course everybody's favorite character. She's the best. She is the best. But uh, but they do a great job with most of the characters. When they dedicate an episode to any of them, it's um, it's sweet, it's funny, it's moving, it's uh, really well done. And it's exactly what
2: he promised. Yeah. He said he was going to expand it out. Big had a great episode. Mm-hmm. We, we met all the ladies.
0: They just renewed it for a third season. Yeah.
2: I root for it. I mean, critical success, not getting big numbers, but it's it's definitely gold.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So again, I, as bummed out as I was about the first two episodes of season two, I'm glad that that's not the direction where the rest of the series went, because I'm back to being a huge fan.
2: What I've always heard is if it's not on the page, it'll never be on the screen. And it is so true.
0: No, it's uh, really cool. Really, really. Like, every time it comes... And they are short episodes. They are a half hour long or something. I love that.
2: I prefer 30 minutes. Yeah,
0: because they keep it tight and compact, and everything is spot on. uh,
2: There's a Steve Carell thing called The Patient, and it's basically Dexter meets Misery.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you were telling me about it. Little 20-minute
2: chunks, and... You know of course they cliffhang you every time of course I always hate that right that kind of reminds me it's being delivered like I'd always heard I didn't really experience other than Stephen King did the Green Mile mm-hmm. in little like three chapter chunks that would yeah. come out every month but supposedly back in the day that's, that's the way books were done because you could afford a small one, but a whole bound book was going to be expensive.
0: Check this out. There's uh, one of the, I'm researching it right now for History on Fire because I'm going to be doing a couple of episodes of Miyamoto Musashi, who is one of the most famous samurai in history. The way Musashi became really famous, I mean, he was kind of famous in Japan, but the way he became really famous was about 300 years after his life in the 1930s this one guy, um, Eiji Yoshikawa, wrote this, uh, it started as articles, uh, like not articles in the informative sense, like they were fiction, but they were publishing in newspapers daily and they were a page or two. And they went on for like a thousand issues. So over three years wow. of this newspaper, every day there would be a new one. And uh, you know, by the time they collected it in a book, it's like, yeah, it's an over a thousand pages book. And it sold the uh, i forget i wa I... I don't remember the exact number. It was something ungodly, it was like tens of millions of copies. Really? I think it was something like 80 million copies,
2: something like that. It's, uh, what language does it done in originally? Oh, Japanese. Okay. And it was... So um, surely was translated, ended yeah. up in newspapers around the world. Successful everywhere.
0: And, you know, they compare it to Gone with the Wind, but then I look at the numbers. This is actually four times as popular as Gone with the Wind. Wow. It's like sold... Uh, Gone with the Wind, I think, sold 20 million. This one sold 80. Was uh, nuts. So it's a cool story. It's, um, and in some way, it makes me think about what I'm doing with Caravaggio because Yoshikawa took some events from Musashi's life, but then heavily fictionalized them. Like, didn't even bother because it's like, hey, we know only so much. This is, I'm not doing a documentary. I'm creating my version of Musashi. You yeah. know? Much in the same way as I'm approaching Caravaggio. It's like, hey, nobody should think this is a history book. of what you're going to read is made up. And then, based on a 30%, that's solid historical facts, but then I'm running with it. And by the end, it's my Caravaggio. It's not like the real historical one.
2: As it should be? It should be with fiction. You know, it's
0: historical fiction. That's the key word. And I think. but, yeah, it's crazy how exactly what you describe, right? I write a little thing every day for three or four years, and that's how it was read. And everybody read it in the newspaper, and then eventually they put it in a book.
2: Maybe th- Maybe that's the new way to run it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said maybe for... Or a chapter every two weeks or right? something like that. Exactly. We could
2: just Get
0: them hooked. Just distill it a little bit, throw it out there. Yeah. It, it was a success in history. I don't know. Folks need good hobbies like that. Totally. Speaking of storytelling, I'm going to tell you one. I put out for, um, I'm having a blast with History on Fire, the Patreon, in creating short episodes. Right? Because, you know, long episodes, they are a bitch to research. You have to really dive super deep. It takes forever. By the time I get it done, I'm happy with the result, but the process is not always fun. Shorter episodes, I can afford to be a little lighter on the research because usually there are stories where there's not that many sources to begin with. And so I've been having a fantastic time just playing with some of the short ones. And uh, one of the latest one that I put up there, and I was like, man, if... People don't sign up for Patreon with this one. Nothing ever will. This is as good as it gets. The one that I'm playing with, um, or rather, I've already recorded. I already released it on Patreon. I had just such a blast. It's a story called "The Trial of the Zombie Pope." Oh, I included yeah. it in uh, way back when. I included it in Fifty Things. Yep. And uh, I'm just gonna read you a taste of how. Uh, I don't remember if it's the exact beginning or close to it, but it says. Nobody likes ending up in front of judge and jury being charged with serious crimes. The hero of our story, however, handled it like a pro. He didn't even move a muscle, as the prosecution vilified him in every way. He didn't break a sweat, didn't tense up, and his heart rate didn't climb up at all. Few people in history ever maintained such emotional composure during a trial. The fact that he was already a corpse probably helped. In case I forgot to mention it, he also happened to be the Pope, or at least he was when he's still had the polls. How did Pope Formoso end up as a dead body on trial? <laughs> <laughs> and that's your start. And, uh, man, that's a wild story. One of the wildest chapters in the many weird chapters in the history of the Church. Oh,
2: I've been having fun because Jupiter's coming up now, so the Galilean moons are there. And I just love to tell folks that Galileo took his telescope. I'm still convinced he probably looked at tavern wenches for a few months before he got to the sky. Because sure, sure. why not? Of course. Um, he looks up and there's these three weird dots around it. He has no idea what the fuck that right. is. Next night he looks again. Now there's four. He really has no idea what's going on. But he spent a few weeks watching and he kind of tracked them. And he noticed that these were moons going mm-hmm. around the planet, right. which nobody ever suspected. And in those times... Uh, The church deemed that the earth was the center of the universe and all things, and the sun revolved around that. And I'd learned that even 100 years earlier, Copernicus had it all figured out, but refused to reveal what he had learned till after he was dead. Because he knew what would happen to him. Yep. But there again, Galileo, luckily for him, was friends for the pope, Mm -hmm. because he did come out with the heliocentric, sun-centered, and uh, they would have fed him to the Inquisition. Yep, if he didn't have to be um, pals with the Pope. But that's just amazing. But I'd love to throw that out there kind of see how... Folks react.
0: My source for whole things history, the foundation of it all, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> of course, the, there's a scene in one of the Assassin's Creed where you have to defend Copernicus from the Inquisition. That <laughs> they are going to go after him, and you have to save him. And it's it's pretty sweet. That's
2: a great notion. Yeah,
0: it's a good one.
2: Yeah, I've got the the Last War Chief all queued up, so that's gonna get me the L.A. in back over the next couple of days. I dig it. History on fire, sharp as always.
0: Yep. So it's, uh, yeah,
2: if you guys want to get a little bit,
0: uh, the whole pat- Patreon thing on History on Fire is you get uh, regular episodes, ad-free, so you don't get the ads, and then for the, you get bonus content pretty much every month. I'll try to put a smaller episode, usually about half hour or something like that, out every month on a topic that is just exclusive to Patreon.
2: And naked Kitchen Adventures? Not naked. Not oh, naked. Yeah, that yet. Was something different. I thought. No, uh, that's
0: you never know. That may go there. <laughs> In Yeah. No, I'm just you know
2: filming stuff
0: and st- I'll start doing more if I can. I want to po- film martial arts. I want to film cooking. The cooking thing I like because I'm just like, even for Is, you know, thirty years down the road, she wants to go like, what is that we used to eat all the time? I yeah. don't remember out. And then she has a video that shows her how to make it and.
2: Ah, chicken cacciatore.
0: That would be the way to go, right? Break it down and... uh, I found myself hungry all of a sudden. Right? uh, We should get... uh, One day we should... Sav pissed me off because she's an amazing cook and she doesn't write down anything. So she makes these homemade pizzas that are to die for. And I'm like, what did you do? She's like, I don't know. I look what, what was in the kitchen, threw it in there and I'm like, I hate you just break it down for me i don't work that way you need to give me no
2: i gotta have that list too there's a gretchen's always making her she's almost done with her herbal class she's in ohio Ohio right now like two classes left um but she's always making these potions and stuff and she just sort of does not keep track so when we find the miracle cure we'll have no idea what's in it right and it makes me crazy me too um, I want to be able to replicate things and
0: do them uh, over and over, not just gal-lucky. In our case, it's not get gal- lucky once. The problem is it's within her. It's like, I cannot copy it. I cannot, it's just their art.
2: Sometimes secrets must be kept. We stumble across, of all things, uh, Mongolian pork, but... For the first time it got the sauce right with a pretty mm-hmm. easy blend of stuff so i definitely wrote that one down and we'll be incorporating it into chicken and green beans tonight
0: i like that maybe one day you have to come up and we do a rich and daniele in the kitchen i'm totally ready for okay,
2: that uh, I, i've got a lot of eggplants so perfect. we could do a parmesan and a salad i like that oh man like that. now we're talking
0: let's make it happen
2: i think that's it cool in light of that Thank you, sweet
0: folks, so much, and uh, have a wonderful one.
2: Well, the funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken House podcast. Eclectic, a fun blend of everything. Yes. Not too heavy. Nope, absolutely. So,
0: good times. We truly hope you have a beautiful day because that's really part of why we do this, is throw something out there that maybe in one way or another helps you down the road right now just lighten up your day or give you an idea that can actually be useful down the road That's kind of the whole point.
2: And at the very least, in 300 years, when they discover the transcripts, all mankind will be peaceful. The problem with the transcript is that there will be your words
0: that are faithfully recorded, and mind that some software desperately try to figure out what the hell is he saying in that uh, it's me mario kind of voice <laughs> i'm gonna win It's uh, going to dramatically mess have, up i've got i keep I've forgetting i've got
2: to print you out this uh, transcript that premiere does it'll blow your mind because you are extremely accurate
0: really yeah that's and trippy. it's
2: even able to it listens to the voices sort of like speaker one wow. speaker two, and bounce damn it's, terrifyingly um, powerful and the worst part is all those nice co-eds that we used to hire out of UCLA for you know 20 bucks per hour of of transcription that's over baby yeah
0: of course oh well
2: they'll have to find something else to do
0: cool bye everybody what do I have to do one day the rod shall teach you
1: D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I good shit R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D Bolelli. That's D B O L E L L I, and you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, R I C H I M O N, and the numeral one. We'll see y'all soon. Woo! Let's go rehearsal. We're rolling this one.
2: Oh.